0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: From MPB Think Radio, this is AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASE Certified Master Technician. I am Liz Gill okay campers rise and shine and don't forget your booties because it is cold out there so we're going to talk about coolant for your vehicles or should i say antifreeze are they the same thing let's find out from coach also we can get answers to other questions hello coach charlie
2: how are you doing today
1: i'm doing pretty good you know you know i've got A shirt, a sweater, a fleece, and then I had my coat on.
2: (laughs) Well, my wife just asked me uh, this year. She said, are you going to wear three shirts to work? I said yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So here we go. The, 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 The question, is coolant and antifreeze the same thing?
2: Coolant and antifreeze is not the same thing. Antifreeze is the uh, additive or the chemicals that they put in, but in, when it turns to coolant, it is water and antifreeze mixed. And a lot of times people get confused. They just go get some antifreeze, and they, a lot of people call it coolant, but coolant is both of them mix. And it has to be mixed a certain way. Uh, a lot of times you can go to the auto parts store or the, or the uh, OEM, and you can get it straight antifreeze. Or you can get it mixed antifreeze. And mixed is 50-50 water and
1: antifreeze. So if you're buying it mixed, you're paying for the water. You're paying for the water. All right. Now, and it's, is it water, water?
2: Well, there's two different types, uh, and people think of it a little bit different. Sometimes, uh, most of the times, they're going to say put distilled water in it. And the reason why you put distilled water in it, because it has no minerals. Minerals destroy uh, the engine and the water pump and stuff like that and the thermostat. And so a lot of people say use distilled water, but it does not hurt to use tap water. And because what happens is that the antifreeze itself has chemicals in there, to prevent all the rust and stuff like that.
1: So you can buy coolant, and that is antifreeze mixed with water. Right. And you can also just buy antifreeze. Antifreeze. Yes. But you've got to know the mixture. Is it the same all the time?
2: It's all the same, 50% water, 50% antifreeze.
1: Okay, awesome, awesome. Okay, so you've got antifreeze coolant in your vehicle. How do you check it?
2: Well, you have a reservoir It's a plastic jug underneath the hood. You have a reservoir. You can look at that. But this is one thing that you never do. You never open the radiator cap when the vehicle is hot because you're going to get burned. It's going to—water's going to come out. The antifreeze is going to come out. It's going to burn you. So most of the time, you check it when it's cold or you look at the uh, reservoir underneath the hood.
1: Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. I'm having flashbacks to last week. Oil, hot, transmission fluid— cold? Is that right? No. No. Oh, no. Gosh. Okay. Okay. You
2: going to check oil. It's going to be warm with the vehicle off. Mm-hmm. Transmission warm or hot while the vehicle is running? And then cool it while it's cool, so you can always go cool it cool.
1: Okay. Oh, oh, that's good. That's good. Now, is this one of the the, uh, the problem with this show? Here's the problem with this show. I learn a little bit and then I forget what it actually means. Is this one of those systems that's some vehicles it's closed all the time and you can't check it, or was that the transmission fluid?
2: Uh, that's the transmission. You can always check the uh, coolant level. Now, coolant should be changed at uh, whatever the manufacturer says, change it, but you do get leaks. Hoses do go bad. And so you want to keep an eye on that coolant because if you do not keep an eye on that coolant, you have a leak, it burns your engine up.
1: So if you have a, you need to check it because if it's low, It means you need to add some, but if you have to add some, there's probably a leak somewhere.
2: There is a leak somewhere, and you need to find it. Because
1: it's not just going to evaporate.
2: It does not evaporate.
1: We're talking about coolant. Our email address for your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. How often do you need to replace it? You said that's a a manufacturer of the car or of the coolant?
2: Of the manufacturer of the car, once again, they have a recommended uh, time that they change at intervals. But you always want to, if you... A lot of people will go and put they don't put the antifreeze in because it costs money. They put water in it, and now you take the radiator cap off and you see all this rust all in there. The water's all rusted. You know, you want to get that, flush that system.
1: Yeah, and you're diluting it. You're right. not, you're not.
2: You have no protection from the freezing weather.
1: Right. Or the summer, summer hot.
2: Yeah, coolant. Uh, Now, that's where I think a lot of people get the misconception of coolant. Coolant is really used for the wintertime. What happens in the summertime is that uh, the radiator and the radiator cap and all of that, you know, is like a pressure cooker. You know, you can raise the temperature and you can lower the temperature according to the cap. That is what helps you in the summertime.
1: Oh, wait. Oh, you kind of blew my mind. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Now, other than the... Recommended maintenance. Is there a way that you could tell if your does coolant go bad?
2: Coolant does go bad, and it's called electrolysis. Matter of fact, electrolysis it uh, creates voltage in that coolant, and if you uh, open up the radiator cap, you'll see a whole bunch of white scale inside the uh, radiator. And now the white scale, first of all, it clogs up the uh, radiator, and the, so the coolant can't flow. But it does uh, create electrolysis, and you need to get rid of it.
1: Oh, I think I have that on my, I have a hot pot, yeah. And I think any time you're heating water and it's, you get, oh, this is like kind of connecting for That's me. Right. I'm loving this. Let's go to Biloxi. We've got a call from Craig. Craig, thanks for calling in today. What's your comment or question for Coach? Hey,
3: good morning. Uh, I was wondering if Coolant has any kind of lubricant for uh, for the water pump and, uh, and if electric vehicles can, be towed or or you can tow something short or long distance.
2: Uh, once again, on the coolant, first of all, it does have lubricants in it, and it is for the water pump, or, and it has corrosive additives in it in order to keep the additives that cause corrosion in that engine. Uh, so it does have coolant, and that's the thing is, a lot of people put water in the system has no lubricants in it, and that water pump wears out. Those bearings wear out in that water pump as well. And the propellers on the rubber-type uh, water pumps, they get corroded and they will uh, break off as well now if you think oh. about if you talk about towing a uh, electric vehicle yeah there's a manufacturer recommendation of how to tow that vehicle because you gotta understand those motors want to engage okay when you cut the key on those motors want to engage and so all of that would have to be disconnected in order for that vehicle to be able to be towed and it will say in the owner's manual okay Okay, that was it. Okay, thank you for calling. Okay, thank you.
1: We're glad you called in. So, if you notice, when you take the the lid off of the coolant. When it's cool and it's scaly, then you know that uh, your your coolant has gone bad. Is there any kind of smell? Does it smell stinky?
2: Well, first of all, it's not called a lid; it is Uh-oh. called a radiator cap. A
1: radiator cap. Okay. okay. And a
2: radiator cap is used for. It has its own uh, mechanism. It works a certain way as well. Oh,
1: so you need to be careful on how tight or how loose it is.
2: Well, not. It has to be tightened, mm-hmm. but it it works it has a spring and in it that. Uh, lets pressure on and off so you got that's what that radiator cap's used for to hold pressure on the engine okay okay now if you talk about the smell of a radiator as you open up the radiator cap the smells that you get is usually going to be if it's burnt if that engine's got hot you can smell the burnt in the radiator and so that's what you got to be careful of but as coolant itself um Antifreeze and coolant has a real sweet taste to it, and it's orally. You can put it on your fingers. It's, real, it's like a lubricant, so you can smell that.
1: And that's the one thing I do know is that if you do have a leak, you have to make sure your pets don't lick on the carport or the garage right, or whatever.
2: You, another thing you need to be very uh, conscious of, if you leave coolant out or antifreeze out where a child can get it because it tastes sweet. And it looks like Kool-Aid. You can get lime Kool-Aid, orange, grape. So it has all these different colors. And so a child will think it's Kool-Aid.
1: And for someone who changes their own uh, coolant, is, is there a way to responsibly dispose of it?
2: Yeah, don't let it go down the uh, drains, the water drains and sewer drains like that. You just want to take and capture it. Now we have, uh, in the industry, we have recyclers. And what they do, they recycle all of the uh, coolant. and They uh, take it back to a manufacturer. Awesome. Awesome.
1: If you've got a question, send us your emails. auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about coolant. Is your car under recall? We've got a list of ones that are. You're listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio.
4: Hanging on to a vehicle you can't drive feels like a dream where you try to run but can't. Rather than hit the snooze for another year, why not donate your car, truck, or other vehicle to MPB and wake up to great television and radio. Call 877-MPB-4-CAR or go to mpbonline.org slash support and click on Donate a Vehicle to support the programs you count on morning and evening. Now that's a good dream.
1: listening to autocorrect with coach charlie melton i'm liz Gill. if you want even more autocorrect do find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device autocorrect is heard on mpb think radio thursdays at 10 a.m with a replay saturdays at 11 so here are the recalls this week the 2014 through 16 Nissan Rogues. There is an electrical fire hazard for under-dash harness that may corrode due to water and salt intrusion from the driver's side footwell. And we don't get much salt here but you want to go ahead and get your recalls yes done you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the national highway traffic safety administration's website nitsa nhtsa.gov recall and input that VIN or find their safer car app we're talking about coolant but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions on any vehicle repair question topic because coach can take it. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org So let's go to Paul from Puckett. Paul, thanks so much for calling in today. What's your comment or question?
5: I have a a 1978 Plymouth Polari with a slant 6 and a 904 torque bike transmission. I had to place the torque converter in it several years because it cracked and since then I've gone through about two or three flex plates. Where the flex plate connects to the torque converter, it keeps cracking. It's the same. I think it's the same spot. What, what, what's my problem there?
2: Well, the thing is, is the bell housing up against it? You know, the bell housing has those little uh, shim bushings. How about yeah, those? those? Dial pins. The, yeah. Are those in the transmission still? Yeah.
5: Well, somebody asked asked about it. I, I'm assuming they are. Uh, I know they're real hard to knock out. I think the
2: transmission's boating up to the bell housing, you know, flush. Okay, because that's one of those problems that you have there. Now, I will give you an example that I had, uh, is that not too long ago that I put a transmission in, and it ate the entire center of the flywheel out. Right. I'm talking about uh, the bolts were still there, everything was there, but ate the entire center. When I took it out, it looked like you took a laser and cut a circle in the flywheel. Right. What I did on that, I went and got another OEM uh, flywheel, put it in there, a flex plate, put it in there, and I had no more problems. Are you getting uh, aftermarket uh, flex plates? Well, I'm going to mention I'm, I've
5: been getting them
2: on the Internet, and, and uh, that's where I've been getting them from. Yeah, I'd go to OEM, do a Dodge, get you one that the manufacturer made. And that'll, that'll probably solve your problem as long as you make sure those dial pins are there and make sure that that bell housing uh, and transmission are tight. Thank you. A yes, quick
5: question on the motor. Uh, it's not a tune-up problem, but it, the motor idles a little rough. But once it starts cruising, it runs as smooth as glass. Uh,
2: could a burnt valve cause one to idle rough but smooth out as your RPMs go up? Now, it could because of the vacuum that it's pulling. So you want to look at and I'm, First of all, I'd go the easy thing, look at any little vacuum hoses that you may have, see if they got any cracks in them. You know, cause I think that one had a lot of plastic uh, vacuum lines on it. Right. So you might want to check those vacuum lines and those fittings, because you do have that problem a lot of times.
5: All right. So you're saying the the, the flex the flex plates uh, over the internet or
2: like if you go to a Napa or somewhere else may not be as good as a, a factory one, right? It may not be as good as a factory because, like I say, I put that one in from a uh, aftermarket. It ate yes, the whole center. I went and got a new one, and I had no problems. And I got it from the uh, OEM. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Yes, sir.
1: Thank you, Paul. Okay, two things. We've learned that OEM is original equipment manufacturer. manufacturer. And raise your hand if you started singing Valare as soon as he said that car. But <laughs> that, that's gonna that's gonna show your age. Valare. Whoa. Okay, that's enough. Okay, that. that's enough <laughs> Let's go to Chris and Jackson. Chris, thanks for calling into autocorrect. What's your comment or question?
6: I have a
3: 2004
6: Toyota Sienna minivan that's overheated, I flush the radiator, uh, but if it runs for, you know, just 10 or 15 minutes sitting in the garage, or if you drive it for about 60 miles, it overheats. Uh, however, when I turn on the heater, I never get any hot air coming. Could it be the
4: thermostat
2: that's on bad? The thermostat could be stuck closed and now and you could be a lower coolant as well. But the thermostat when it uh, if it's overheating, uh, the thermostat will stay closed and the coolant will not uh, it'll just make like, the engine get real hot. Now a lot of times uh, on a lot of vehicles if it does get hot the uh, coolant starts turning to vapor and you know or steam and you will not get no heat. But what I would, and I would also check those uh, electrical coolant fans in the front of that engine, and make sure those coolant fans are coming on. And the easy way to do that is cut your air conditioner on, and if the air condition, if that one fan comes on on the right side for your air conditioner, uh, we at least know that one is working. Yeah, they they are working. Okay, so I'd go ahead and check that thermostat in there.
1: Okay, great.
2: Thank. you. Thank you.
1: Oh, we're so glad you called in, Chris. We appreciate you. Let's go to Jackson now and talk to Cleo. Cleo, thanks for calling in today. What's your comment or question? Uh,
6: just a question. I have, uh, yep.
1: Cleo, can came. you talk? Can you speak up pretty loud? We're having a real hard time hearing you.
6: Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, name name I just found that I I never changed the transmission fluid in it, okay. and I wondered...
2: How
1: was the best way to have it up Oh, you haven't changed the transmission fluid in your Ford F 150.
2: Okay. Are you having any problems with it? It seemed like
6: it's kind of uh, dragging a little bit, but other than that, I haven't had no problems
2: with it. And it's a 2004? Uh, 2009. 2009, well, I hate to tell you, in 2009, uh, tra- uh, Ford had a problem with their transmission slipping, and you could change the transmission fluid, and they may have a uh, technical service bulletin on that that you could get online and look up the technical service bulletin on that particular year and see if they have changed the type of transmission fluid they put in there. But a lot of times, is once it starts slipping, uh, it could be a new transmission. Perfect. Okay, thanks a lot. Yes, sir.
1: Oh, man, Cleo, that is not what you wanted to hear. Let's go to Hernando and talk with Mike. Mike, we're so glad that you called into AutoCorrect today. What's up with you?
4: Uh, I've got another question. I've called you guys before and you saw my problem. But let me ask you this. Um, Let me preface it by saying I owned a little Toyota for eight years, automatic transmission, and I used to get a friend laugh at me and say, well, what, you're doing it's stupid. I'd pull up to a stop sign or a red light, and I'd put it in neutral. It was an automatic, because I know how clutch plates work and all that thing. And I figured it would take some stress off the just idling transmission, because there's still a little bit of pull. I still do that, and I'm wondering, is that advantageous? Now, the reason I asked the question is, that car was a little four-speed automatic. I now have a new little Chevy, and it's got a CVT, and is there any... Uh, anything detrimental to my putting the transmission in neutral when I'm at a stoplight?
2: Well, there's no advantage or disadvantage by you putting it in neutral because they, it really, all the transmission themselves, uh, once you put it in drive, it holds itself there. It's not going to move regardless, but if you put it in neutral, all you're doing is just taking it, it it's just taking it out of gears, and they're, you're really just releasing the uh, clutch from the engine itself from the torque converter is what you're doing. But really, I've never yeah, seen wondered, any. Is that advantageous? Uh, you know, in the long run, it may it may be in the long run. Like I say, it's it's not going to hurt it because, like I say, you're just uh, keeping some gears from turning. And now if you think about the CVT, how you're talking about it's a constant variable transmission is what that is. Um, what that does, it's constantly changing as you're driving. Of that uh, yeah. transmission is constantly changing, and, and a lot of people don't understand how uh, automatic transmission works. Is that it has a lot of uh, synchronizers and has a lot of uh, solenoids in there now, and those solenoids we used to be all vacuum, and now those solenoids change pressure and they open and close under pressure. And that same right, thing yeah, that's with right. you, you putting it in, yeah. uh, taking it out, parking. I mean, out of drive and putting it back in neutral.
4: Yeah, in fact, my little CVT, it's one of the new ones that's programmed to feel like a, a standard shift. You know, you can feel the gearing right? Uh, so that the engine doesn't rev and rev all over the place. And it's really a neat little transmission, and it's got enough oomph right off the back. It's a little bit of a but I didn't want uh, it be detrimental for me to pull up. Now, I'm pulling up to a red light right now, and I always reach
2: down for put it in neutral. So I don't need to do that, right? It's not going to hurt it. It's just like if you think about a manual transmission, people used to do that all the time, take pressure off the uh, clutch, they used to do that all the time, so it's not going to hurt it. Okay. Well,
4: thank you for that, I love this this little car, and I oddly
2: enough, like the CVT, I never thought I would. Well, you know that CVT, a lot of people didn't understand, is that a lot of these manufacturers are taking a manual transmission, two of them put together, and calling it automatic, because it shifts automatically. Yes, correct. Uh-huh. A dual, the
4: dual clutch job. Right. right. Yeah, I've got a buddy who has a new Corvette, and it's got the dual clutch transmission, you know, and it's like you, you can feel it's a difference because it's quicker.
2: But uh, I like the CBD. Well, great. I appreciate you calling. Thanks,
1: Thank you. Mike. for the answer. Thank you. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at org. We're talking about coolant, but that's just between your car repair questions. What's in the news? I'll tell you next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio coach charlie melton retired teacher in, from clinton high school's automotive technology program is our expert host i'm liz gill i hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone the mpb public media app you can listen and you can support us on that app Auto correct is heard on MPB think radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 okay so in the news uh, General Motors is launching an online parts store that will give GM vehicle owners the ability to buy oEM parts direct but the automaker did not has not provided a launch date for the online parts store how do you feel about this coach
2: well a lot of people do go aftermarket, but if you're used to taking your vehicle to the uh, manufacturer, you can get those OEM parts, and you'll say, well, I got AC Delco, I got uh, Motorcraft, I get whatever I want. Okay.
1: We're talking about coolant, but that's just between your vehicle repair questions. You can email us your questions anytime, auto at org. Let's go to Mobile and speak with John. John, thanks for calling in today. What's your comment or question?
3: Uh, thanks for taking my call, Liz. I'd like to ask uh, Coach Charlie about uh, burping a cooling system. Back in February, I lost uh, the uh, pump belt on my old Mercury and uh, had it towed to a shop. They replaced the belt, and I don't know if what they might have uh, refilled the, the system with. But ever since February, the coolant, a low coolant uh, light on the dash goes on intermittently. So I'm, I'm figuring it's not low, actually low coolant, but a void in the system. And I think they call it, uh, well, the solution is called burping the cooling system. I hope you didn't cover this while I was outside, uh, but can you explain how to burp a cooling system so that darn fight goes off? So so what you're really talking about is bleeding the
2: air out of the system is what you're doing. So bleeding the air out of the system a lot of manufacturers have put on their engine a uh, bleed screw okay, it's usually right there by the radiator not the radiator cap, but the thermostat housing, they got a little uh, bleed uh, screw right there. If you do not have a bleed screw, what you're going to have to do is a lot of times you can let the vehicle run open the radiator cap and let it run a little while because uh, that'll let the air out or you can loosen a hose because usually where the um air gets stuck is in the heater system it's in the heater core and it just sits back there and just make sure that the heater the valve is open so that coolant can flow through that heater core and that will probably get your air out Okay, thank Now, you. one other thing on that, you want to be careful, that sensor that's telling you that it's low on coolant, it may be on your reservoir or it could be in the radiator itself. You want to make sure that the radiator is topped off in order to check that because that coolant light will come back on because what happens a lot of people don't understand this, is that coolant comes out of the radiator goes into the overflow tank when it's hot when it's cool it comes out of the radiator uh, overflow and goes back into the radiator so that's how that's working
3: all right so uh should i uh, now if if the car has been running and i lift the hood and look at the reservoir uh, should I see the reservoir uh, em- significantly emptier?
2: No, the- there is a maximum and a uh, code when it's, it says cold and it says hot on the reservoir. Just what I would do is go ahead and fill the uh, reservoir up with coolant, and that, if you don't have a leak, that's where it should
3: stay. Okay.
2: Because um, on, on hot weather, you'll it's going to be fuller. On cooler weather, it's going to be not as full.
3: Okay. Uh, another coolant question, I have, uh, I discovered somewhere in, you know, the stuff I own, a full gallon of old Texaco coolant. I have no idea how old it is. Does that stuff go bad? Should I get rid of it or have it recycled
2: and well, using it? You know, uh, coolant, I've never seen coolant in a bottle go bad, but, you know, manufacturers do have a specification that it could, so I would check the specification on it because I've never seen it go bad if it's already jugged because it's not mixed with, uh, I'm sure back then you got Texaco, that is a full strength antifreeze. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's full strength and, you know, what I would do is look and call Texaco and see because I got a can of, uh, matter of fact, uh... Transmission fluid, Dexcool transmission, not Dexcool Dextron transmission fluid from the 1980s, still in the cardboard can. You um, know, I don't think I'd use it, but I think I'd keep it just for a keepsake. <laughs> a museum piece. That's right. Okay, thank you, coach. You're so welcome.
1: Thanks, John. So we're talking coolant. Is there different kinds of of uh, antifreeze which you mix with? tap water or water water to make coolant
2: there is different types uh, the older cars carry a green and it's called inorganic okay so that's the type of coolant and it's it's the most common antifreeze out there okay and then you come up with uh, organic it's called oAT that's different colors okay it may be purple it may be yellow uh, like press uh, press tone and then you got uh, different ones going to di- for different manufacturers. And then you have one made directly for hybrids. So you you need to go to the owner's manual and see what your vehicle takes. Because General Motors uses Dexcool. okay? Dexcool is a orange type of antifreeze, but what it does, it has different lubricants and different additives that will control the corrosion in the engine. And that's what you're trying to control is the corrosion.
1: So you don't mix different kinds of coolant, and you don't mix different kinds of oils, right?
2: If you're ta- if you're topping off the antifreeze, you can use just to top it off. But I would I would recommend you get what it needs. But oils, yeah, because all oils have different viscosities, and thicknesses.
1: All right. And um, is there a better time of year if you know you need to change your coolant you'd mentioned that it's good to check and maybe do an oil change in the fall to get ready for winter what about for coolant
2: i would do the same thing with coolant because you're it's cold outside and you're really not trying to make sure that uh, you're getting ready for winter so you want to make sure that everything is up to par in your coolant system and now there's is one thing i want you to think about if you have a coolant leak Uh, A lot of times people say, well, it only leaks when it's running. Okay, well, the reason it's leaking when it's running is because the coolant is circulating through the engine and through the water pump. And so you want to make sure that if it leaks while it's running, that you check your water pump. If it leaks while it's sitting there, you want to check your radiator and hoses.
1: Ooh, that's good. That's good. Tell me me a little bit more about hoses.
2: we have heater hoses, we have coolant hoses, and we have two different type radiators now in cars. Okay, all those are connected with hoses. Now I do want you to be careful with the uh, heater when you're checking the heater hoses. A lot of people say, "Well, how often should I change my he- hoses on my car?" Well, if they get soft, they get brittle, then you want to change them. But you want on the heater hose, I do want to say something about that. On I know on General Motors and Ford that they have a plastic fitting that goes to their heater core, and. When you're changing those heater hoses, if you're rough whatsoever and if the vehicle's old, those plastic pieces will break. And then you got to be very careful trying to get the fittings off because usually you got to change the fittings and be careful with that uh, heater core so you don't break the heater core.
1: Have strength, but be dainty. About
2: $1,000 to repair if you break that heater hose, ah. that heater core.
1: Yikes. Yikes. All right. Let's go to Philadelphia and talk with Tom. Tom, thanks so much for calling in today. We are glad to have you on the show, Tom. What's up with you?
6: Got a 2011 uh, F-150, that, uh, I had a replaced the six six-speed uh, automatic transmission, and uh, about 150,000 miles, the, uh, the, uh, the pump went out in the transmission, and I replaced it with a, a new transmission. And uh, before that, it was. When I would occasionally, when I would, uh, uh, when it would shift from first to second, it would shift extremely hard, and it felt like I would. I would always look in the rearview mirror because I thought someone had hit me from behind, and uh, and that uh, that went away with the uh, new transmission. But now my transmission is uh, is starting to do that again intermittently. It's it shifting extremely hard from first to second. I wondered if you had any insight on that.
2: And how is the transmission that you just put in it?
6: The tra- I, uh, I've got three hundred thousand miles on the truck now, so it's got another hundred and fifty thousand on that transmission.
2: Okay, on those transmissions now, on the older vehicles, they used to have a uh, kickdown on the carburetor. Since we no longer use carburetors, we have uh, electronics uh, to control the shifting of that transmission. Uh, and we're going to talk about the computer systems next week. But they do have a computer that regulates with the engine according to what the load is in order to shift that transmission. And so uh, it could be an engine problem. It could, you know, what I would do first, I would make sure that everything is good on the engine, and then I'd go to the transmission. Okay, and that would that would that would require a uh, uh, scanning of the of the computer system yeah i would uh, i definitely put a scan uh tool on that uh engine and the transmission because you can go into that tcm and that pcm and it will help you and see if it's has any problem because it may tell you that a solenoid is going bad or something like that on that because like i say it shifts on load from the engine okay all right thanks so much you're Thank so you. welcome
1: Thanks Tom. Hey coach, we got an email from Rex. Rex says that uh he's gotten a used 07 Honda Pilot and it's been great so far except unless he keeps the climate control temperature set all the way on cool or all the way on hot, there's a gurgling sound behind the glove compartment. He hasn't noticed any coolant leaks. And the vehicle isn't overheating, but he's a little bit worried. Uh, is, there, uh, is this a heater core or a bleed-the-system issue?
2: It sounds like the bleed-the-system because it sounds like it has air in there. And now a, a coolant system can get air in it. Just if it was low at one time and it sucked a little air in it, that air will circulate inside that engine. And until you bleed it out, just like our caller said earlier, till you bleed it out, it'll still be in there.
1: Ooh, Rex! You 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 uh, you nailed it, boy. Good. Let's go to Memphis and talk to Gary. Gary, we're so glad you've called in. What's your comment or question for Coach?
0: Hey, good morning. I really appreciate the show. Uh, glad you got to take my call. I have a quick question. I have a Honda Ridgeline pickup truck, 2013, and this season the heat is. Uh, doesn't work as efficiently it gets warm but it doesn't get hot and uh, check my coolant and all of that but I can't
2: figure out why Uh, the heat is just lukewarm any suggestions on that okay uh, once again I would go ahead and check the heater valve make sure that the heater valve is open all the way now the heater valve is uh, is controlled electronically and you could go to the climate control system and put a scan tool on there and it will you should be able to operate. I know a, a shop can take it open and close the heating system, and uh, I would check that. And then I would check and make sure that you're not low of coolant whatsoever, because if you're low of coolant, it's just going to be lukewarm. And another thing that I would check on that one is make sure that the system is clean. Take the radiator cap off the uh, uh, radiator after it's cooled off, and look in there and see if the coolant it looks clean.
0: Okay. Okay. I'll uh, I check the coolant level and I just had it cleaned and flushed not too long ago last season, so pretty sure it's clean. But I'll uh, I'll follow up with a scan on it.
2: Okay, and that should be that should be able to help you. And like I say, just make sure that it's really that everything is uh, filled up. And now let me ask you a question: Have you ever had a problem with the uh, vehicle saying that it doesn't that the temperature's not up to uh, specifications? Like a check engine no, light come no.
0: No, it's right in the middle. Of temperature, uh, heat, and all that—it's right in the middle every time. No, no other, no other lights or warnings or anything.
2: Okay, if that radiator just—I mean—if the thermostat stays open, once again, it's not going to cool, uh, heat up efficiently if it stays open. But what would not see that uh, the uh, hot bowl thing. But you like should, right you should be able to, right. yeah, you should be able to see that.
0: Yeah, it's right in the middle every time, right yeah. in the normal range. So.
2: Okay. Well, I'd go ahead and put a scan tool on it and check and see if I have any problems with the climate control itself as of uh, the heating system. Because uh, if that valve is not opening, then it's going to be lukewarm, even if it's opening halfway. Okay, I'll do that. All right, I really appreciate the input. Thank you.
1: And we use the right terminology. It's a cap, not a lid. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. We're discussing coolant and taking your repair questions. You can always send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up. And, Coach, I have really started to notice all the Mercedes vehicles on the road, thanks to you and Michelle and these, these videos at Casey Williams. He... He likes driving the Mercedes, too, and just kind of noticing around. There's quite a few of them out there on the road. You
2: notice a lot when you start talking about them. There
1: you do. There you do. They are more prevalent in Mississippi than I would have thought. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect.
7: This week we're driving the car for Mercedes station wagon fans. We just need a little more off-road capability. It's the E450 all-terrain. From the outside, it kind of has the Subaru Outback look to it with a little bit of black body cladding around the wheel wells, a little extra chrome, a little tougher-looking grille, but it works really well for this car. It has an air suspension, so you can jack it up and do some fairly serious off-roading with it. Inside, pure mercedes bins. You've got gray ash wood across the dashboard, black-stitched leather seats, a panoramic sunroof, Burmester audio system, and all of the crash avoidance systems. It even has lane centering steering. Under the hood, has a turbocharged inline six-cylinder engine, delivers 362 horsepower. And fuel economy is not bad, 21, 21 miles per gallon in the city, 28, 28 miles per gallon on the highway. So let's talk about price. Being a premium Mercedes, that's going to be a factor. The vehicle starts just over $68,000. This one fully equipped, $80,070. See
1: the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel.
4: Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app.
1: This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is AutoCorrect. Hey, if you've missed any of the program, you can listen to the whole show on our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 with a replay Saturdays at 11. I'm Liz Gill, but our expert is Coach Charlie Milton, ASE-certified master technician. So it's time for Coach Charlie's tip of the week.
2: Uh, the tip of the week this week is do you want to get better gas mileage? Well, there is a way to get better gas mileage in your car. First thing I want you to do this week, I want you to check your tire pressure in your wheels, and your tires, because that costs you money. And how you can check that, uh, open your driver's door, and you'll see a placard inside the driver's door that tells you exactly how much air is supposed to be in those tires, and make sure that you air them up when they're cold.
1: Now, you wanted to say a little bit something more about the blender doors from Gary.
2: On that ridgeline, Gary, I just want to take in and tell you one other thing. Make sure that when you uh, put the scan tool, you check the climate control because if those blend doors are not open and closed correctly. It will change how that vehicle warms up inside for that heater system. So I just want you to check that.
1: Let's go to Buddy and Natchez. Buddy, thanks for holding on and calling. What's up with you?
8: Hey, I was just going to suggest checking those damper doors, too. I was thinking about that, not being able to get enough heat out of his heater because the door didn't go all the way shut, cut off the air conditioning port. Uh, I've got a 2002 Chevrolet Tracker, which is, of course, made by Suzuki. And I've had this problem for several years. When you turn off the ignition, most of the time, you sit there just for a few seconds, and you will hear this rapid clicking under the dashboard. I discovered that's my fuel pump relay. And I took it in to have it checked, and they put it on a scanner and couldn't find anything wrong. And they said, oh, the relay is bad. I said, no, the relay is not bad. The relay is being energized by something when it's not supposed to be getting energized. Something else is wrong, not the relay. But they insisted I put a relay in, and of course, it didn't fix it. But if I were to stop this thing from happening, when it begins clicking, I can either shove down on the brake pedal and hold it for a second or two and let up. Or I can take the uh, shifter, bring it out of park and back into park, and I don't hear the clicking any longer. But most of the time it does that cut off the ignition, Before you could get the door open, you hear this very rapid clicking under the dash and that's your fuel pump relay being energized. Unplug it, of course, you don't hear the clicking, but you know it's the relay. But I have not been able to find a specific wiring diagram for this particular model, which if I had, I might be able to trace out and find out what's going on. But I have not been able to figure anything in this system that will give a pulse as fast as this thing is being energized it's not a slow click like a a turn signal or something it's a pretty rapid clicking
2: and what year do you say that was 2002 okay what i would check on that 2002 uh a lot of those vehicles there especially general motors and Ford, the american manufacturers even the toyotas and a lot of those foreign manufacturers what they do they put drivers inside the computer And now if that driver is energized, because a lot of times those drivers, for some odd reason, they'll stay on. They don't go to sleep because they're supposed to go to sleep. Okay. Once it's energized, it's supposed to cut that circuit off. But I would almost think that you would have something in a computer that is bypassing and that is staying on and is getting that energy from there. That's what I would check. Because if you push on the brake pedal, you put it in park, all of that goes to the power control module. It didn't really have body control modules back in 2002, but it did have that power control module.
8: Well, I have tried to locate a fire control module in all these uh, parts houses around. I've, I've checked with them, and they cannot get that module any longer.
2: But you know that you could go to a junkyard on that one. It will still uh, just change out. If you get the same year and model that vehicle, that one will still change out without you having to have any other programming. So what I would do is check the junkyard, but it's going to have to have the same number on the computer on that module you take out that uh, you get from the junkyard.
6: Yeah, I
8: understand that. Okay, well I'll try that. Okay, thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Uh buddy. Okay, real quick because we've had a lot of transmission things, and we did do a transmission show last week. Give us a two minutes take us through how an automatic transmission works.
2: Okay, automatic transmission, how it works. We used to work on vacuum, and once again, it's working on load of the engine as well. We're using a TCM, that's the transmission control module, and what it does, it in- determines the load of the engine, and as it determines the load of the engine, it tells the transmission when it needs to shift, because like I said, we used to have three speeds, then we know we're up to like nine speed transmissions now, and when you start getting the Higher range of the transmission, it's like a one-on-one gear, or maybe, matter of fact, it's may even be higher than that. Okay, as it does that, that means that the vehicle is in overdrive. The transmission has a lot of different uh, solenoids in it now. For each speed that it is changing, it uses uh, solenoids, and so as it uses those solenoids, what it does, it opens and closes according to what needs to be applied. And that means when I say applied, that means the one that the uh, fluid's going to and pressing against. What clutch? Okay. And so that is how automatic transmission works off the load of the engine. So a lot of times when you have uh, transmission problems, it may not be a transmission problem. It may be an engine problem. So I would always check the performance of the engine before I do anything else. Make sure that the engine is running correctly. Make sure that is tuned up, and then go to the transmission. And like you were saying, somebody said earlier, should they change the transmission fluid on that F-150? Well, like I say, if you're not having a problem, I wouldn't mess with it. But if you're having a problem, check check the technical service bulletins and go from there.
1: And what are the systems that the transmission interacts with?
2: It's called the uh, PCM. It's the transmit. It's the uh, engine itself. Engine performance is the drivability of that engine. Because once again the engine has a, the engine and the transmission run off the load of the engine.
1: Yay. And, and I hope that helps somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited that you're with us, Coach, because that's, you know, some of these things apply to me. Some of them doesn't, but I'm always in awe of expert information.
2: Well, I hope it helps a whole bunch of people out there for different things that we go over. And next week, we're going to be going over computer systems. So you can understand we're going to talk about the PCM and the TCM and the body control module. We're going to talk about the interface of the computer system.
1: Awesome. That's wrapping us up for AutoCorrect today. Thank you, Java Chapman and Michelle McAdoo. For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Liz Gill. Good luck to all you bowlers out there in district and state competition. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Listening to auto correct on MPB Think Radio.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.